0: Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately, we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Tim Mahoney. Tim is the award-winning director of four feature films, Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle 1 and 2, Patterns of Evidence, The Moses Controversy, and Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus. Tim is the founder of Thinking Man Films and Media, a Minneapolis, Minnesota-based international documentary and publishing company. Tim, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Well, oh, Matt, I'm really happy to be with you.
0: Well, it's it's definitely, I think, a timely interview because I think we're seeing a lot of the things that are prophesied in Revelation coming to pass today. And for those that are unaware, you probably need to, uh, to read your Bible. But um, I, I think that a lot of the things that, that you are portraying in this film, it's, it's extremely relevant. It's extremely important. And so uh, I'm excited to talk to you
1: well i think it is and that's the reason why i uh, got uh, involved with this project I, I didn't actually make this film myself but i am the executive producer uh the director is actually from france uh, uh, and and uh the man uh, christoph hanover who is the producer there uh he uh, felt led to make a film about the seven churches of revelation and he was inspired uh happy to say Uh, After seeing our films, uh, Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, uh, he saw it in France uh, and was inspired and went off to Turkey and went on this journey to investigate the archaeological and historical setting that the book of Revelation was written in. Well, that's exciting stuff.
0: And, you know, so you essentially the, the other films that you've made I understand you you grew up believing that the Bible was real and you set out to prove that those things were true and that's kind of what's led you on this journey is that right
1: Yes I mean I grew up in a Christian home and my mother would read us the Bible at night for devotions and you know we prayed and uh I would share with some of your listeners you know our, our family just like a lot of families and sadly, uh I when I was about Ten years old, my my family started going through a divorce, and so uh, what that did for me is that it put uh, a more serious note in my life to really believe that there was a God and that uh, I ex- accepted Christ as my Savior as a young child, and and so my faith was much stronger, I think, because of that trauma that was going on. Because uh, I literally literally uh, grew up, um, you know, on welfare, you know, because my father abandoned us and. And uh, so, uh, but we went to church every Sunday. My mother played piano in the church. So I was very confident about the things of the Bible. And so when I had an opportunity in 2002 to go make a film about the Exodus, um, you know, I was in my early 40s and uh, I was excited about the adventure. And when I got to the location where the early Israelites were to have lived, uh, that's when uh, I had the beginning of what would become a crisis of faith. Because when I, when I landed there, an Egyptologist by the name of Manfred Bitek, um, when I said, so uh, tell me about the evidence, you know, for the early Israelites. Uh, you know, I said, have you found it? And he said, so far not. And he, I, I couldn't believe what I had heard because it took me an awful lot of, of energy and determination to get from Minnesota, where I live, all the way over to the other side of the world, especially after 9-11, which because I went in 2002 and i've got up to this location and when i got there i just couldn't believe that he was telling me that he didn't see any evidence and he was one of the premier egyptologists um that um you know so i figured he would know and that began a crisis of faith when i came home but uh the good news matt is that i persevered and i ended up finding that there were other uh archaeologists and egyptologists out there that were saying hey there's a pattern of evidence here for Joseph and his family. And that began my journey over the last 20 years of looking for patterns of evidences you know, the, in the Bible and archaeology and history. And that's why we're excited about the film Times of Fire because once again, uh, we can look at the archaeology and see the history and understand that, that um, God has, has spoken his word in different times in history. And then we just look for, well, where did this happen? And what did what 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 are we supposed to know about that?
0: Well, I think that that is a, a great reason to you know pursue further. You know, number one, your hunger for more of the Lord and, and for more of proof of what His Word says. Uh, but what's interesting to me is, you know, as I study people who, who set out to either prove the Bible right or prove it wrong, the more they try to prove, the more they prove that not only is God absolutely real, but the things of the Bible absolutely took place. And, and there's more history and evidence that show that these things took place than, you know, whatever type of theory there is that that these things didn't happen. So I think that that's exciting when somebody starts off on a journey, the more they find that that God is not only a God of the Bible and, and a God of history, but he's also a God of today. And he's still with us right here, right now on this call, because there's two that are gathered. So it's exciting to um, to learn about uh, the things that you uncovered. And uh, so so, how did that all play out? What was the next step once you you found out that he hadn't discovered a lot of evidence?
1: Well, uh, when I came back uh, from that location, I ended up, uh, I was sitting here in the, in, at my office. I have my own uh, production company here in the Twin Cities, and we own our own building. And I was sitting in that suite just over, down the hall here, and, um, and I was looking at that footage. And this profound, um, I was looking at the fact, what he was saying, and he was saying, you know, we can't, you know, we don't see any evidence for this. And I literally started to, to cry. I I mean, I I just was broken. I said, I said, God, you have to help me understand what's going on here. And um, uh, what ended up happening is at that moment, I felt like this chill came into the room. And uh, this thought came into my mind. uh, It went like this. Everything uh, that your family has believed about the Bible, that your mom believes about the Bible is a lie and this utter hopeless despair came over me. It was, it was the most, it'd be like you heard the most tragic news. And I felt this total hopeless and despair. It was just awful. But at that, after the next moment that happened was another voice, like in my thoughts came and said, stop editing and get up, go to your office. And so I got up and walked to my office and, and, uh, It was like, I mean, I didn't even think. I just got up and went to my office and, you know, it's like the next thing was go to your bookcase, you know, read that book. And somebody had given me a book earlier uh, by an Egyptologist by the name of David Roll. And David had written a book called Pharaohs and Kings. And I opened that book up and thumbed through it. And all of a sudden I saw the very location that I had been at in Egypt he was writing about. But what he was showing was that there was an evidence of Joseph and his family coming in, evidence for Jacob, for his home, for the, the right amount of, of, in the right location, the right amount of people that were Sem- Semitic in the right location, building their homes, and then eventually a palace that was built right in that same area. But the person who lived in that palace was not an Egyptian. It was a pyramid a tomb behind it, and in that tomb, uh, once again, the reason why they knew it wasn't Egyptian because uh, they were Semitic looking uh, they made a statue there uh, at, at that uh, palace uh, uh, in that tomb and uh, so and the people who were buried in the graves weren't buried like Egyptians they were buried in a more of a fetal position not an Egyptian position like you know like you would see so that was the beginning I believe of a connection to the early Israelites and so did many other people today and then what we see is that group of people ended up just as the Bible says, multiplying, and eventually uh, being enslaved, and so that was that was what I what I learned, and uh, was able to move from a place of a crisis of faith uh, to actually connecting, going off to Egypt, going to England and other places, and uh, making my first series of films on patterns of evidence. And in the middle of that investigation, uh, we ended up uncovering. Uh, uh, information about the early alphabet. I just knew that I had to deal with that, uh, the question of how did Moses write, uh, you know, because people were saying that Moses wasn't the author of the first books of the Bible. There's something called uh, higher criticism that they say that different people wrote maybe a thousand years later and invented a story about the Exodus. And and so (laughs) here we go again. And, and now we're in, into that, and we find out that this this early alphabet shows up right at the same location and same time as the early Israelites that we were talking about. And so one thing led to another, and uh, then we eventually, uh, now we're making uh, the fifth film, which is Journey to Mount Sinai. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you that it's a two-part film. The first part is coming out next year. And we're working on that, and we're looking at seven different mountains where the Mount Sinai could be. And uh, uh, our previous film was Red Sea Miracle, and that turned into a two-part two part series as well. So we are making films about the Bible, evidence for the Bible. And so when uh, Christophe Hanover from France contacted me uh, uh, and wanted to uh, have me help him with Times of Fire here, Seven Churches of Revelation, I had to think about it and pray about it because uh, I've been in the old Testament for 20 years and now he's asking me to move over into the new Testament. And so I, I, I just felt like, you know, I need to, I need to, to help them and uh, to get this film out. It's a beautiful film. Uh, it's in, it's a very important film. Uh, we just came from the museum of the Bible where we filmed the panel discussion uh, with, uh, different scholars uh, that were a part of that, discussing the impact of the first few chapters of the book of Revelation. So this film too, once again, um, I believe, I've, I've recommended that they, they develop it further. And we made, this first film is going to be talking about the island of Patmos, where the vision came to John, and then uh, the church of Ephesus, the church of Smyrna, and the church of Pergamum. We're going to be looking at those three churches. So this film is about ninety minutes long, uh, and then I'll we'll have a half hour or so panel discussion after it. And we're going to be in theaters uh, coming October 11th and 12th of, of of October nationwide's Fathom event. And then following that, there'll be a, a virtual cinema event which will begin on October 26th. So, um, but once again, this is just the first of. Uh, what we hope and pray will be several more films on the Book of Revelation as we 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 investigate it. Well,
0: it's very exciting, and uh, so to to back up a little bit, you know, so Holy Spirit led you to dive in a little bit more. The the enemy tried to lie to you and tell you that you know your faith was a lie, and then Holy Spirit said, "Get up and basically start digging into this." So that's exciting.
1: Now, I'll just share with you that I think that the that the enemy is doing that to people all the time. uh you and I wouldn't be talking here. you know I kind of kind of gave you the quick run around through through how I got to this, but it's been a twenty year journey but twenty years ago, when I sat in this office, I could have just been a silent agnostic from that point on you know an an agnostic is somebody who has questions that they just don't know, and I think that that you're right. It was a holy spirit event, and I think i I heard from a dark you know, the darkness that basically was telling me that there wasn't any truth and that this was a lie. But we know that there's a liar out there. You know, there's an enemy that wants to lie to us. And I would talk to your listeners and say, you know what? When you have thoughts that come into your mind that are against the Bible, you need to be, realize that a lot sometimes those aren't your thoughts. Those are coming from someplace else. And you need to basically take control over that and, uh, and look for the truth.
0: Well, we're called to, to take our thoughts captive, and and I think that that is something that you know. If the enemy, you know, he comes to kill, still and destroy, and if he can come in and he can plant that seed of doubt, and he can make you believe that all of your faith is is not true, then it's easy to get you sidetracked or never pursue the Lord, pursue the things that he's got in store for you. But I think that you know, an interesting thing, uh, you know, the reason that John ended up on Patmos was because, you know, all of the other disciples, they, they tortured and killed all of them and they threw him in this boiling vat of oil and he didn't die and that freaked him out. And so that's why they, you know, sent him to Patmos. And then we get this amazing book, this prophetic book that is, you know, scary to, you know, a lot of people. But at the end of the day, if, if you're on the side of truth, if you're on the side of the Lord, then it shouldn't be a scary thing. It ought to be something that you're aware of, but you know it should be a, a message of hope because you know that there are better days ahead for the people that love the Lord. Stay tuned. We'll have more Living Life on Purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and in Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with their free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your
1: host, Matt Wilson.
0: So tell us a little bit more about the, the movie and kind of how that goes.
1: Yes. The movie begins in, like we said, in the Island of Patmos with uh, Christoph Hanover Uh, and he's French. And so what we've done is we've, uh, this film was created in France, France uh, and Switzerland area uh, and Turkey. It was filmed in Turkey as well. And, um, Uh, So this, what he does is he goes to the exact locations and he has amazing drone footage and you'll follow Christoph as he goes to different scholars that are living in those areas. And he's going to take you to the island of Patmos. You're going to go into a location that uh, we think uh, might be the cave. There's different caves there, but this is the one where tradition has put, uh, you know, John and uh, where the a vision uh, potentially happen and you're going to see what that looks like. And then you're going to hear from different scholars in the area. And then from that Island, this is where the message, uh, you know, from Christ to the other churches that John was supposed to write and and communicate. This is where these events happen. And then Christophe is going to be going to first Ephesus. And uh, what's very, uh, I think, Impressive is the is that when you go into this these cities they still have a lot of the the areas that are still there they have these uh, stadiums I mean they're they're it's like you could you could watch just like you'd see a stadium today with these huge sort of amphitheaters up carved into the sides of hills that could hold twenty or thirty thousand people and this is where Paul started his ministry too and speaking and uh, there was actually a riot because Paul. The Apostle Paul was um, preaching the gospel, and he was winning so many people that he was causing problems for the idol makers. You know that were making, um, you know, silver idols for the Roman gods, and uh, you're you're going to have a new understanding about the Book of Ephesus when you see this film because you're going to understand the circumstances and the locations. And uh, one thing that I didn't know is that. When you were a Roman or citizen, or or when you were in Rome, the entire culture was built around a combination of idolatry uh, and worship of Caesar, as well as witchcraft. Uh, there, and of course, idolatry is a form of witchcraft. So you know that if you're worshiping idols, Moses tells us that you're worshiping demons. So, but they were the the, the practicing of dark magical arts and all sorts of things and. These Christians then that, you know, the Holy Spirit is poured out and these people are starting to come to faith in Christ and they're burning uh, their their books about uh, witchcraft and all sorts of things. And so the gospel is changing Ephesus and these different cities and these Christians are no longer um, uh, fitting in and it's causing a threat. And that's where the letter to, to Ephesus is is strong and, and the Ephesians are 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 good, you know, strong believers. But the letter then has some criticism, you know, to them. It says, "I can, let me just go to it here. Um, I don't know if you remember in chapter 2, it says, you know, uh, it says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my, for my name and have not grown weary. Pretty positive statements but then it says yet i hold this against you you have forsaken your first love remember the height from which you have fallen repent and do the things you did at first and if you do not repent i will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place and um so christ uh, in the vision of the churches there were each of the churches had these lampstands it was like the the light of the lord was there that was a lampstand i think that might represent the church the local church but So you're going to see what this little place looks like. You're going to see what the challenges were. You're going to be able to visit the church of Ephesus at that time and then hear what this is, what's being spoken to them. And it says, uh, verse seven in chapter two, it says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And. You know, uh, when John was giving this, this letter, uh, you know, in the beginning, there is a in the first chapter too, Matt, it says, these are some of the words it says, uh, Jesus is speaking to him. and says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Then he says this, write therefore what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. And I think about these letters because the question then is, Matt, is that are the letters just for the churches then or do they pertain to us now? And as I've talked to many different scholars, I've probably talked to close to a dozen now, it appears that these letters, just like the letters to the Ephesians or the Corinthians or the Romans in the New Testament, those letters aren't just for those people at that time. They were for them, but they're for us as well. And so I think that, you know, as as we are looking at such an uncertain future and there's so many different things that seem to have fallen into place that we might might be in the latter part of the last days when Christ will return. I think it's a wake-up call. And that's why I think this film, The Seven Churches of Times of Fire, is a very significant, timely film for us to turn our eyes onto the things that we're supposed to be doing. Are we doing the things Christ wants us to do? Well, I
0: don't believe in coincidences. And so, you know, I think we scheduled this maybe a month ago. And on Sunday at church, we've been in the book of Revelation, first of all, and I didn't know when we scheduled this that this was the the series that we're gonna be in. But, you know, the first chapter that you read was chapter two. We were in chapter two on Sunday. And, you know, we were specifically talking about the message to the church of Thyatira and how, you know, the Lord was revealing to John you know he similar thing you know a little bit of uh, egg you know edification and encouragement initially but he's like you've gotten away from the things that you were doing originally you've tolerated Jezebel you know you're focusing on greed and sexual immorality and it's amazing because you know hearing that message to the church then there's a lot of similarities to the church now there's in the church there's a lot of that stuff that's being tolerated they're not speaking out against the things that are actually going on in the world today that don't line up with God's word. And as we do get closer to the return of Christ, people are focused on appeasing the people in their congregations and, and speaking fluffy words and self-help versus the actual word of God. And I think that it is so important that people press into what the Lord is saying more so than what the world wants people to say, because, you know, it's not called times of fire for no reason. It's times of fire because everything burns. That's not a good situation to be in if you're on the wrong side of eternity. So right. I, I do think that it's uh, that's awesome that, you know, here we are talking today and you know that's the, the message that we're a part of right now, that series that we're a part of in the exact same chapter. Um, that's just it's awesome how the Lord lines up stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I I know what you're saying, and uh, I I don't necessarily believe in coincidences either. Uh, I see there are, there are times in my life when very th- very uniquely things have been orchestrated, and uh, and so yeah, times of fire. You know, uh, I we've been talking to different people, saying, well, what do you think that means? And obviously, there's the times of fire of of the uh, persecution that we see in the early church, but the fire of the Holy Spirit was so much greater in people's hearts that, that that they were they realized that the treasure of their salvation, the treasure of eternal life. If you can if you just said, hey, if you live for a billion years, what if you lived for a billion, billion, billion? There's no end to it. And we I has not seen or ear heard what what God has prepared for us, it says and and so I mean uh this uh, the book of Revelation, our our commitment is to um is to move forward in a very powerful way to continue to unfold uh, the scripture uh, as we move through the books, uh, as we move through the next churches in the next film. But then, we, as we move through the rest of the of chapter of the, you know, of the apocalypse, the Revelation, as it were. So, for the next several years, God willing, our plan is to really help uh, both believers and unbelievers to have a clear understanding about what is going to come. What are we looking for? What, what can we expect? And then, you know, there's that question is, are you ready? Are you going to be found faithful doing the things you're called to do? You know, um, I don't think ready is necessarily just stockpiling, you know, uh, food or whatever. I mean, there's reasons for all sorts of types of preparedness, but are we doing the things that Christ has called us to do? Well, and
0: I do think that that if we know that, that that return is imminent, if we know that that return is coming one day, then it's our duty as believers and followers of Jesus Christ to reach as many people with that message, with not only truth, but also love, that, that there is a God that loved them so much that he was willing to send his only son to die on a cross for their salvation, for healing, for all different types of benefits from that. But at the same time, you've got to make that choice. It's there. It's it's not only there in written word. Now it's going to be there in you know documented visual effect where people can see exactly what this looked like. But people have to choose. You know, he is a loving God. He is patient. He is kind. But he's also a God that you know he he's going to honor his word. So I do think that that is extremely important that we walk that out as believers and followers of Christ. And we try to lead as many people to him as possible until that day comes that we lead this earth.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that the um, the challenges that 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 people are faced with today is distraction. I think they're distracted by entertainment. They're distracted by fear. They're distracted by a lot of things. But uh, we, we need to help people to see what's the most important thing to be focused on. And right now, I think, is a great opportunity because many people are realizing that, The world that they thought was going to be so wonderful and they were just going to enjoy life to the fullest isn't the same as they thought maybe two years ago, Uh, because now they realize that that there is uh, a mortality to life. And uh, I I mean, we could talk about a lot of different things, but, uh, uh, you know, from there are so many patterns of evidence. I think you brought this up, Matt, in the very beginning that point to uh, the fact that God's word is true. If you look into science, you look into history, we look into patterns, we look into stuff that they know about people, um, uh, about just uh, near-death experiences. I mean, there's science behind all these different things. And it points to the fact that, that right now our bodies are just uh, uh, shells, but our spirit uh, leaves it and can come back if, you know, I mean, they were talking about, I, I looked at a, a talk last night. It, it's that we have an eternal soul. And yes, this body is going to go, but our soul will live forever. And, you know, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the second death. And I think that a lot of people don't know that they think, oh, you're going to die. You know, in fact, it says in one of these, it says, don't be afraid of the the first, you know, death, but be afraid of the second death. And you're like, oh, well, you know, well, tell me more, you know. Um, yeah, it says it right here in the second one, it says here. Uh, it says in uh, Revelation 2 11, the church to Smyrna, it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. So there's something more than just death that's, that you have to. The, the, the most incredibly uh, concerning death is the death of your, of your soul and, and the condemnation uh, to to hell. You know, uh, I mean, that is, you know, that's the worst that could happen. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that they're living in a in God's creation. And if they don't acknowledge him as creator and as his as their savior, uh, they're not going to be able to participate in the kingdom of God. And the book of Revelation is all about the kingdom of God and that it's coming. There'll be there's a beginning of time and an end of time. And there's going to be a new age that will come.
0: Well, the good news is you're going to all have the ability to watch this film, to learn more, and then you get to make the decision. Maybe I want to follow Jesus because that's better than an eternal lake of fire. That That's the choice that I made. That's the choice that you made. But hopefully more people will hear this. They will watch the film and they'll recognize this is very real. This is extremely important and not just my life now but my eternity depends on that decision so extremely important so how can people find out more about you or the film
1: well they can see they can learn about the film if they go to www and then the number seven churches.com so the number seven and then churches.com they can see a trailer they can buy tickets for the fathom event on October 11th and 12th and uh, then October 26th is the vi- virtual cinema event uh, that will happen for people that can't get to the theater. Um, and if they want to know more about Patterns of Evidence, they can just go to patternsofevidence.com and they can learn more about us as well, up, up at our films. Awesome.
0: Well, I really appreciate your time today, Tim, and I've really enjoyed talking with you. Looking forward to watching this, and I- I'm excited for you and and to see the the other films in these series.
1: We are too. And, and thank you, Matt, for getting the word out. You know, uh, we can't do it by ourselves. We really need, uh, I, I would suggest if your church is interested, uh, you should take your, your church, you know, make it a, I think if you're right here, it makes sense. You can actually go to the website there, seven churches and get, you know, look for group tickets. I think if you're a large enough group or whatever, but I'd go as a group and, and then use these resources uh, to really help uh, grow your, faith and a deeper understanding of of how it was for those early Christians and how we can apply what they would teach us, you know, today. That's a great
0: idea. I like it. I will try and get a group together to go do that. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, if you all have enjoyed listening to this today, we hope that you will like and share this episode. You can follow us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, and then also on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose always. But this has been encouraging to me, so I hope that it's been encouraging to you. So check us out in two weeks to hear who's next on the show. Thank you for listening and have a great day.